Thanks for listening to the Eurovision Sport Radio podcast. I'm David Naert, a sports broadcaster and in this capacity chair of a group that represents the public service radio sport community in Europe. Over the next few episodes of this podcast, I'd like to hand the microphone to various members of this group to give a voice to their radio production and presentation staff. In this episode, we travel south to meet Andrea Pistorio, a sports producer at RAI in Italy. Andrea took part in a recent Eurovision Sport and EBU Academy workshop dedicated to live sports commentary. And what a year to be an Italian sports commentator, with Italy most notably, of course, lifting the Euro 2020 trophy, as well as taking home 10 gold medals from Tokyo. I let Andrea pick up the story. I'm Andrea Pistorio, radio producer at Rai Radio 1 in Italy, and in this new episode of the Eurovision Sport Radio podcast, I will tell you a story of recovery and redemption. Italians, they lose football matches as if they were wars, and they lose wars as if they were football matches. Winston Churchill said it, perhaps we don't know if the English statesman really said these words, but the sentence captures the Italian spirit so well that no one ever doubts its authenticity. This tale begins in 2017, a dark year that culminates with our elimination at the end of Sweden in the World Cup qualifications. For the first time after 60 years, we would not be part of the tournament. È finita. È finita. And from a war lost in 2017, we moved on to a worrisome trench battle between the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020, when we became the first European COVID outbreak. Italy has expanded its response to the coronavirus by locking down the entire country. On the 10th March of that year, everything was shut down in what was the first ever lockdown of the COVID-19 pandemic. I am about to sign a decree that we can sum up with the expression, I stay at home. They organized um, everyone in Italy basically to play music from out their window, to lift our spirits. We made it through 2020 with difficulty after several lockdowns and hundreds of thousands of infections and deaths. Thankfully, with the arrival of the new year, the music was about to change and we would move from balcony concerts and applause for our doctors to the rock of a band made up of angry young musicians. The winner of the Eurovision Song Contest 2021, Italy! Ziti Buoni by Maneskin won the Eurovision Song Contest 31 years after the last time an Italian took first place and quickly became the soundtrack of a summer full of victories and iconic moments, not only sports. Starting with the Italian national team bringing home the European Football Cup, but also the success of Pixar's film Luca, set in Italy, the Laura Pausini's Golden Globe, the hail of medals at the Olympics and Paralympics Games, and then we won almost every title in basketball, volleyball, cycling, tennis, softball, American football, not to mention the Nobel Prize in Physics awarded to Giorgio Parisi, and even the World Pastry Championship. What the hell happened? To find out more, I reached out to a couple of the most important and historical names in Italian sports journalism, starting with one of the voices that symbolizes Radio Rai football, 
Riccardo Cucchi, who has been a Rai journalist since 1979. He has participated as a correspondent in eight Olympics Games and six World Cup. Riccardo, did you expect Italy to win the European Championship? Honestly, no. I didn't expect that. We all understood in Italy that the technical growth process under Mr. Mancini had taken place. The team had undoubtedly shown signs of technical growth of quality of play, but nobody expected it. Also, because I'm very convinced that Italy was not the strongest team of the European Football Championship. I was, and still am, a great admirer of France. France has great quality at an individual level, and personally, I was convinced that they would have won by beating opponents who were perhaps close to them, such as Belgium, but also England, who had given important signs of growth. The truth is that its individuality has taken over and that, unlike Italy, France has not been able to be a team, a collective. Our national team does not have the same individuality, but has managed to be a team and, from this point of view, has deserved to win the title. We like to suffer to get to the victory, isn't so? Do you think there is a link between the terrible year we have lived through and this victory? I think it's a mistake to entrust football with powers it doesn't have. It is also true that it is to some extent a kind of blotting paper that absorbs and reproduces a cultural characteristics of a nation. This, last year, has been tough for all the people of Europe and the world. Every team that took the field was an expression of the country that has suffered the pandemic as much as Italy. However, I am sure that Mancini's Italy had been able to attempt a sort of redemption to the game of football. Italian football clubs are no longer protagonists on the international scene as they once were. If we look at the national team from a technical and tactical point of view, I think that has given an important signal. Riccardo, you have been the iconic voice of Tutto il Calcio Minuto per Minuto, the longest reigning radio show in Italian history. After 40 years behind the microphone, how did you experience all these emotions as a spectator? I've enjoyed this summer as a sports fan, as I always have been, and I have followed with affection the work of my colleagues at Rai, both on television and radio, who have done a great job. I believe that those who have done this job understand the difficulties better and so participation increases. I cheered for the athletes but also for my colleagues because the success of a sport storytelling depends on the performance but also on the quality of the commentary. Riccardo, can you think of any historical precedent for making a comparison, even a distant one, with a year like this? Not really. I have been reporting sports for many years, several World Cups, European Championships, and many Olympic Games, but I think this year marks history. I remember, for example, the World Football Cup that Italy won in 2006, after the match-fixing scandal involving top clubs such as Juventus and AC Milan. A few weeks later, after the victory, many players would have ended up in Series B. It is amazing how the coach... Marcello Lippi managed to motivate the team. But even on such a clamorous occasion, there were no other sporting events as great as those that accompanied Italy this year. Going back the 40 years I've been behind the microphone, frankly, I can't remember another year 
that was even remotely comparable with this. Italy won for months in every discipline, often surprising the Italian sports fans themselves. Thanks, Riccardo. And if you, dear listeners, like the Maneskin's rock music, you will like the sound of Italian victory even more. So Bukayo Saka now. They say he's coming home, they say he's coming home to Rome. Viva Italia! Siamo i campioni d'Europa! And little did we know that it was only the beginning and that, a few days later, we would also make our mark in Tokyo 2020. With a record-breaking expedition, 384 athletes qualified in 36 sports, we won 40 medals, including the historical gold in the 100m, the 4x100m relay, and our first women's boxing medal, among the others. After a couple of weeks, Italy played a leading role in the Paralympics, handing 9th in the scoreboard with 69 medals, 14 of them gold. Among those medalists, we saw Bebe Vio's immense impact in the sport of fencing, captivating audiences. We also witnessed success in swimming, rowing and athletics events where we saw an incredible 100 meter race with three Italians making it to the final podium holding medals. Ambra Sabatini, Martina Caironi and Monica Graziana Contraffatto. Each of these athletes represent to the audience many different life stories of determination, passion, drive and achievement. To talk about the Olympics and Paralympics I met a man whose name in Italy is synonymous with these two events. Sandro Fioravanti, who joined the Rai in 1991, covering many sports disciplines such as shooting, archery, swimming and rowing. He followed for Radio Rai as a correspondent World and European Championship of various sports, including the Giro d'Italia cycling race, 10 Olympics and 5 Paralympics games, being a real promoter of Paralympic sports in Italy. Sandro, in this edition of the Olympic and Paralympic Games, we have surpassed ourselves. Rai Radio 1 was the first Paralympic radio station in European history. I imagine you are very proud of this result, and I think Italians have noticed this work as they have become attached to the stories of many of the athletes who have competed. Let's say that Rai has the merit of being the first in the world to make a Paralympic network. We started in 2010, in Vancouver and we set a standard with the London Olympics in 2012. Paralympic sport on television has certainly changed the perception of disability, not only for those who are not disabled, but especially for those who have a disability. The disabled have perceived themselves differently and this has changed many things. The best example is the success of the three women who ended Tokyo 2020 by winning gold, silver, and bronze in the 100 meter and who represent three different generations. Martina Caroni won gold in London in the 100 meter at the same time that Monica Contrafato on her hospital bed was watching the Paralympics and saying, I want to be there. And Ambra Sabatini, the youngest, followed the same path. I think it's an iconic image of what it means to the power of sports live commentary on TV. Sort of imagine iconica, no? Di quello che è 
rilevante nel, nel dare in televisione eventi di questo tipo. The victories of our athletes have given some hope back to a country that was greatly shaken after Covid. Uh, what do you think? Since the beginning of time, seeing your team succeed is a morale booster. It went particularly well, and there is also technical reasons that need to be recognized. Many of our athletes have been able to train better than those of the other nations thanks to the work done by our federations. This is something that should be highlighted. Sports is always linked to an element of success and we are known to be very good at getting out of crisis. Think of the 1960 Rome Olympic Games, which were intended to create a different image of Italy. Our country had emerged from the Second World War with broken bones and a bad reputation. In those years, we were considered as a developing country, as we would say today, and instead, we told a different story, turning the narrative upside down. You followed them from the first to the last day. Which medal gave you more satisfaction to tell? If I had to choose one that particularly excited me, I would say Sarah Morganti's double bronze medal in dressage. Because Sarah missed the chance to win the medal in Rio due to the exclusion of her horse, at the time there was a lot of controversy, but there was no way around it. And since time does not pass for everyone the same, and even less for hers, since she is affected by multiple sclerosis, seeing her win in Tokyo was particularly exciting. In the Olympic Games, I would probably choose the high jumper, Jimbo Tambari, who missed Rio 2016 due to an injury and who came to work with me for Rai as a commentator. In the Olympics, he would have definitely won the gold medal, but he didn't give up. He kept training, and that's why seeing him win in Tokyo was particularly exciting. His gold medal was even more special since less than five minutes later, we won our first gold in the 100-meter race with Marcel Jacobs. Yeah, that night, the 1st of August, was quite special for us. Let's revisit those moments once again. They're down on their blocks. Dans les starting blocks. For the men's 100 meters. C'est parti pour cette finale du 100 mètres. Ahora sí que es válida. Ahora sí que es válida. And they blast away from their blocks and it's a pretty level start. And it is Baker. Ronnie Baker on the tête d'Arnaud Stava. Ronnie Baker contre Kerley. Parte bene, parte bene. Oh, Jacobson, he has flexi. Towards the inside, Lamont Jacobs. Marcel Lamont Jacobs. C'est la fin. Et primo, et primo. With the Paralympics nearing their conclusion came the European women's volleyball title. Shortly afterwards, on 19th September, at the end of an hard-fought match against Slovenia, the men's volleyball team won its seventh European title. 
September was also a great month for cycling. There were four Italian gold medals at the European Road Championship in Trento. Filippo Ganna, Olympic gold medalist with a quartet, was silver at the Continental event. But at the World Championship in Flanders, he made his mark and confirmed himself as the fastest chronoman on earth. Later that year, Sonic Bradley, a working-class hero, won the Paris-Roubaix after 22 years since the last time an Italian stood on the podium. Meanwhile, the country was in the middle of the vaccination campaign. Life was going back to normal, with masks and social distancing, of course, and confidence was returning in Italy thanks to the sense of community enforced by our athletes and their results. So what do the athletes have to say about it? Thinking about the year we are about to leave behind, I decided to phone Alessandra Sensini. She was the first Italian athlete to win gold in sailing, making windsurfing a sport loved throughout Italy. Today, Alessandra Sensini continues to ride the waves, cultivating the dream of passing on her passion for the sea to the new generations. That's why I called her to talk about this incredible year of sport. Well, uh, this year was particularly wonderful for the Italian team. We got results in many, many sports, like uh, the Italy woke up uh, from the pandemic period uh, stronger than ever. Sensini, as a former athlete, what was it like to train indoors 24 hours a day? Let's say that it, was, uh, it has been hard to be away from the sea and uh, so to, to be able to go windsurfing or kite surfing or <laughs> with the wing. But uh, in another way, uh, was, uh, I had the chance to organize better myself uh, with the job. And so I, I got uh, the bike. <laughs> in a way, I, I train harder than before. <laughs> and how do Connie, the Italian Olympic Committee, manage to help our athletes to keep training in this difficult time. Yes, Connie uh, did a, a really good job with all the federation and uh, with the government to find the way, the right way to keep the athletes to train. And I think that a lot of these uh, results uh, are from, from that because the athletes were uh, able to keep playing not in the in the best way of course because uh, uh, some of them were not able uh, to uh, go on the field uh, where normally they compete uh, but uh, they have been able to have a constant training uh, some of the sports they were able to organize competition at the end uh, uh, I think that the, the the job that they did at the, yeah, the county and the government uh, was uh, really good. And uh, what are your expectations for the future of the Italian sport? Well, uh, we have the next Olympic Games in two years and a half, so it's a really short time. And uh, I think that a lot of these uh, athletes that will succeed in, uh, in uh, Tokyo, they will be in uh, Paris. So I really hope that... Uh, uh, we will have uh, another uh, August, uh, July, August uh, in 2024, uh, watching uh, a lot of, uh, you know, success. I wish I could have ended this podcast with the commentary of the return of Italy to the World Cup. But as I told you, we do not like to win without suffering a little. So see you in March for the playoffs and a little thrill in pure Italian style. Hopefully this won't be our last golden summer.
Yeah, that's too much, I know. Sorry, I got carried away. Ciao. <laughs> My thanks to Andrea Pistorio from Rai for producing and presenting this edition of the Eurovision Sport Radio podcast. My thanks also to Andrea's guests as well as to translator Ryan Farrell. So, what next for Italy? Maybe success in Beijing and hopefully preparation for when they host their own Winter Games in 2026. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Ciao. <laughs>